Hello and welcome to the Top 10 Film Show, the podcast that sets out to create the definitive top 10 list of all your favourite movies. I'm your host Simon Harkness and I'm joined by my co-host Emma Jacobs as we put forward our cases as to why we think the films we'll be discussing today should be considered the top 10 films of all time. Now, it's not just us two, thankfully, because every week we will be introducing a new guest to join us on our mission, as we combine our two guests' favourite 10 films of a specific genre to create the ultimate top 10 movies list. So sit back, relax, put the kettle on or open a cold one and enjoy this week's episode of the Top 10 Film Show. Hello, I'm Simon Harkness. I'm Emma Jacobs. And this week we will be embarking on a quest. Boldly going where no podcast has ever gone before as we sit down to discuss the top 10 sci-fi films of all time and to join us on our mission is the biggest sci-fi fan I know and certainly the nicest, it's James Hasseltine. How are you mate? I'm good thanks, thank you guys for having me so much. That's alright, we're really looking forward to it. Well I know Eamon is, uh, I'm going to put it out there right away, <laughs> sci-fi is not my favourite genre. So disappointed in you Simon, not going to lie to you. I know. <laughs> I expected better. I'm just, yeah, that was my disclaimer. Not my favourite genre. And basically, this week, you guys are going to be doing a combined list. So it's actually going to be a democracy this week, as opposed to me listing off my favourite films. It's all right, Simon. Just, just you know, make out that you're not bothered about this episode at all and that you don't care. It's fine. I'm really <laughs> loving the enthusiasm this time around. Um... James, lovely to have you. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. Blimey. Um I know. I mean, my my sarcasm aside, um, it's lovely to have you on. I'm really excited to have you on because last couple of guests have worked in the industry from the presenting side, whereas you work in the industry, actually in the industry, working in film PR, which to me, I think must be one of the best jobs in the world. It certainly has its ups. <laughs> <laughs> It's. Uh, it. I was thinking about this this yesterday actually because I thought he's definitely going to ask me what it's like. <laughs> um, so I've 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 not prepared a statement, but um, I have thought about it a little bit, and I think for me because film is such a huge part of my life anyway, to be able to work in something that you enjoy, it just adds that element of of excitement to it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just I, I love what I do because I love what i'm doing you know film film's great and getting to watch films early is definitely a, a perk of the job <laughs> yeah 100 percent. um so me and you we've kind of worked together obviously we don't work for the same company but i've known you for about like maybe four years i'm gonna say yeah i've emailed you that. for four years yeah. what has been your what's been your favorite campaign you've worked across would you say since your time working in film PR, and why was it so good? Um, that is a very difficult question. I did not come prepared for that one. Um, <laughs> I'm putting out there, Daddy's Home 2 was a spectacular event. Uh, yeah. You gave us free DVDs. You, you wrapped up presents and put them underneath, underneath a tree, um, which turned out to be Christmas DVDs, which was fantastic. And then got to interview Will Ferrell, so I'm... Uh, Feel free to say Daddy's Home too. What What was that, Simon? Was Was that a uh, Was that a cheeky little name drop there? <laughs> with With like four minutes in, and you've already name dropped. You You're outdoing yourself, mate. Outdoing. I noticed yourself. I hadn't really done one last week, so just chuck that one in. <laughs> Sorry, James. Carry on. As well. Oh God, he has. 
Um, <laughs> full disclaimer, when you say you put things under the tree, it probably wasn't me. Just want to make that clear to everyone that if you're friends with me, you don't get free stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I'd say I'd, I'd probably have to put it into... There's probably two favourite campaigns um, in no particular order. Um, working on Mission Impossible Fallout is a great highlight. Mm. That was a really good one Um, for lots of different reasons. And then also three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri would probably be up there. Nice. Those two. Two two very different films. Two very different films. Two very big films, each in their own own different ways. Um, But then I've I've worked on a lot of smaller titles as well, which um, like more niche specialist stuff, which I also really enjoy. Um, So like it doesn't, it's not all just big names I, I i thrive in lots of different environments and and all sorts of different types of film it's not a job interview mate don't worry <laughs> oh, it, should, it should be i'm gunning gunnin for your job simon Eamon and i had a chat earlier yeah we've got a master plan already simon sorry mate um you're being usurped from your throne usurped what yeah a, what a word i know right from, from my throne and what a throne it is the name um, drop throne <laughs> yeah well this is the thing I reckon James could comfortably beat me on the name drops um, but I won't <laughs> ask about talent because um, I know you're not allowed to speak about it um, I, I can't I, I actually actually, even if you did ask I couldn't name drop um, so so yeah you can ask away if you want but you won't get a very interesting answer <laughs> did, did Tom Cruise halo jump into the office that's what I need to, is that how that meeting started <laughs> yeah that would be cool <laughs> yeah Blimey. What a guy! Um, so last year we we met up for a coffee. I don't know if you remember this. We we were blissfully unaware of the events of 2020, obviously because it was 2019. But we we both spoke about a year in which we would work together on quite a few films, and it was going to be such a good year to work together. Then 2020 happened. But what you did say <laughs> was that you love working on sequels because it means you did a good job. I, well, yeah, I guess I don't. I, I tell you what, I do remember the coffee, but I do not remember saying that. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't make it any less true. I love working on Mission Impossible films um, because every sequel gets better and better. It's, that's probably where my thinking was going. Every Mission Impossible film just gets better and better, including, you know, um, Henry Cavill sort of uh, jump starting his arms, growing a moustache. I love in, that shot so much. It's fantastic. It's great. Isn't it? I mean, it's the <laughs> shot that ruined Justice League, let's be honest. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of your favourite films, so... Get out. <laughs> Get out. You, you love it. I, I really hope you're being sarcastic right now. I really hope you know me better than this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as mentioned, it's going to be a little bit different this week. It's going to be more of a democracy. So, Thanks. Um, James, <laughs> you're welcome, mate. Uh, James, to keep some sort of... Um, totalitarianism about this podcast i'm actually just going to insist that you go first and Eamon, you can you can pick up the jokes later yeah, right. uh, so james please give us your top 10 sci-fi films of all time back to the future total recall arnold schwarzenegger not colin farrell <laughs> the fifth element rogue one strong arrival the matrix Looper. <laughs> Sorry, famous face. Terminator 2, 12 Monkeys, and Strange Days. I feel what like such a prick. 
How <laughs> you for, the fuck did you forget the Matrix? I forgot the Matrix and I forgot Looper. That's all right. That's what that's that's what I'm, that's what the list is for. Yeah, true. Thank God, because I feel like I've missed a beat on the Matrix in particular. Mm. I think I said this to Simon at least once, but um, I've missed a lot of. Well, I've not missed off. I've had to exclude. Yeah, I've been forced to exclude <laughs> a lot of really good films that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, so it's always going to happen. You've you've missed the Matrix and the Looper, but. And the Looper? The Looper? The Looper. The Looper. The is, looper. That the, is that the sequel? The sequel. <laughs> Lo- looping. It'd be looping. Loop looping. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, let's let's go. Let's start with. Actually, no. Let's Eamon, Let's hear your list, and then and right. let's head back to okay. the Matrix and see if you want to add it in. Uh, all right. In no particular order. Predestination. District Nine. Snowpiercer. Two thousand and one: A Space Odyssey. Star Wars A New Hope, Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, Inception, Terminator 2, and Blade Runner. And The Dark Knight. So that's and a, a, piss off. <laughs> Justice League. Oh, God. Justice League. <laughs> no. Well, we started. Um, wow. Another great list. I'll, I'll be you. honest, I haven't seen... Haven't seen all the films on your list, I have seen, I would say, about 70% of them. Um, I guarantee some of them you've do... not seen Predestination, have you? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Despite the shout-out last week. Yeah. Um, let's let's start with... We've got to start with The Matrix. Eamon, do you want to put it into your list now, or are you happy with it? No, that? I think I'll, I'll, you know, I'll stick with my list. I won't retroactively change it, just because okay. um, <laughs> I now couldn't pick something to take off my list. <laughs> That is that's absolutely fair enough. Um, James of, is. Oh, I was going to say of the seventy percent that you've seen, I should imagine the Matrix is one of them. So it is. I reckon we'll be safe. I reckon the Matrix will make the list. I think we'll be alright. <laughs> it probably will. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I was compiling the list, it would be number one. Um, <laughs> it's the only one I've seen. Um, so, given the legacy of the Matrix and how it's kind of seeped so much into our culture. Um, could the Matrix be considered the Star Wars of today? No. It's not on your fucking list. I, so I, 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 that's fair. <laughs> you know, it's it's. Uh, I've never considered it in that way at all. Yeah. Ever. Same. Same. But that's. I was thinking this the other day. I think I, I can't remember who I texted it to, but I was watching it and I sent it to them and I just said, "There are." I think the Matrix is a perfect film, just in its just on its own, not the mm. sequels, which I actually quite enjoy the sequels. But that's a whole I'd different. Say, that's a whole different I, story. I, don't get me wrong; they're a bit hokey and paper thin in places, but I mean, they're they're a good time. They're a good time. That's li- Revolutions that's has, has a lot more to say than people think, personally. Yeah, um, mech suits. What more do you want? I'm sorry, but the mech suit final battle <laughs> at the end, where it's one guy left, is... Yeah. It's cinema, mate. Cinema. It is. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. I should have put Definition. Matrix Revolutions in instead yeah. of The Matrix. That would have caused some controversy, I bet. A few, yeah, it would have turned a few heads, I reckon. <laughs> No, um, I, but, I, I have to yeah. agree. I've never considered The Matrix in the same level as Star Wars. Uh, but if you think about the, the legacy it's left, mm. I, I think that I think the argument could be made 
think of it like it's it's spawn sequels which some would say aren't as good uh so that's <laughs> definitely the same uh, and i think in i think the sort of the markets made on today's cinematic landscape i think could be paralleled to what star wars did back in the day those, those are just my thoughts you're right on a number of levels thank you i think <laughs> moving on i, no, I, I, <laughs> I think um technologically star wars was huge um and a lot of i think when you you if you were to look back over the years the last 30 well actually 30 the last 40 almost 50 years of, of science fiction you you can trace a lot of it back to star wars mm. i think it's probably too early to tell what the matrix has influenced but the fact that it's still influencing you could say that it has had a similar impact in that regard yeah i mean i think if we're talking narratively uh the matrix is a lot more cerebral there's a lot more subtext to unpack um than star wars has and not to say there isn't in star wars obviously but i think you know when the matrix came out there was a lot of the hot you know it came out at the turn of the century sort of thing um into the millennium and there was the whole you know you had y2k the y2k bug and you know the panic that the world was going to end um and that was i think the matrix kind of almost embodied that fear that technology was going to override everything um whereas i never watched star wars and thought oh shit we're going to be you know overrun with evil space wizards <laughs> Um, do you know what I mean Um, and I think in terms of legacy because it's although you can say that Star Wars is still ongoing with stuff like The Mandalorian and whatever the fuck's happening with the films um, (laughs) you know they were filming The Matrix 4 before lockdown so it's still having an effect and obviously with uh, I want to say it's Lana Wachowski's doing number 4 not Lily I'm not 100% sure. I think um, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, and she sort of said that the original film is about like the trans experience. Now, personally, I can't really speak to that. I don't have that perspective. But if that's what the filmmaker says, you kind of have to go with it. Um, so I think it, it, its legacy is still changing now. What you're saying about the influence, like it'll because of that, because of that newfound perspective, like I think a lot of audiences will still be inspired in new ways going forward. So, I'm not saying yeah. it's better than Star Wars, and I'm not saying so, where am I? Am I? <laughs> Clearly. Well, in, in which case, let's uh, let's move on to Star Wars. Um, two Star Wars films mm. in your lists. Um, Eamon, you've gone for A New Hope, so clearly that suggests you think A New Hope is a better film and the the better sci-fi. Film. Well, I mean, <sighs> hear me out. I'm going to be really pedantic <laughs> right now. Technically, the argument could be made that Rogue One isn't a Star Wars film, it's just a Star Wars story. Because that is technically its subtitle. <laughs> oh good lord. Oh, hang on, but it's <laughs> not it's not it's not Star Wars a New Hope, a Star Wars film. True. <laughs> but originally it was just Star Wars. It was just yeah. released was as really? Star Wars. Yeah, in nineteen seventy seven it was just released as Star Wars. Um, You've got such better trivia than mine. I'm going to read you out my trivia. About <laughs> Go on, is it that somebody whacked his head on the set and you can see it in the fir- in the opening scene? Is that what it no, is? No, it's better. Than, to be fair, it's better than that. But um, <laughs> in the original draft of the script, 
Everyone's favourite droid, R2-D2, spoke perfect English and had quite a foul vocabulary. Oh, I kind of like that. I would love to have kept that in. R2-D2 telling people to fuck off. (laughs) Exactly. I wonder what foul vocabulary in 1977. That's true. Yeah, Yeah. there would have been some racial slurs. Yeah. There would have been some a racist R two D two, reefer madness. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely image! Blimey, yeah, spinning, blimey. Just spinning so around. <laughs> um, but I think for me, um, well, you again without being a twat, I'm going to be a twat. You wouldn't have Rogue One without a New Hope. Correct. Um, and it is the film, as you were saying earlier, it inspired an entire generation. It, you know, um, it caused millions of fans to fall in love with the franchise and has, you know, had such a lasting impact and has become iconic. And it, it changed what was possible to do in cinema. Yeah. And it changed the landscape completely. Um, on top of it being one of the most iconic films because of, like you said, just the sort of traditional story arc of. Mm. Um, hero defeats villain. Yeah. Chuck in hero defeats Dylan. Uh, Dylan. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Dylan? Dylan Vader. <laughs> um, yeah. Hero defeats villain, um, who happens to be his father. Got a very confusing relationship with his sister, <clears throat> who I think he wants to fuck. Uh, like <laughs> then spinning around R two D two. Yeah, it it did kind of change mm. that sort of side, uh, that sort of story as well. Um, so I don't think it's. I don't think I can look past another Souls film being in the list other than A New Hope. Having said that, James, tell us why Rogue One is in your list and none of the others are. To use your own argument against you, you wouldn't have <laughs> you wouldn't have A New Hope without Rogue One. True. Very true. I, yeah. um, but that's I mean that's just fancy words for I don't know the answer to why it's better um, <laughs> I think I tell you what it's in my list because I've watched the original trilogy and lots and all the other ones um, quite a lot of times <laughs> um, that is about the right amount of respect to put on the list <laughs> I should say <laughs> I've watched them all quite a few times um, especially the original trilogy and of all of them, Rogue One is the only one that I actually get excited to watch again. Um, because for ent- pure entertainment value, other than maybe The Force Awakens, but for pure entertainment mm. value, there's I don't know. There's something about Rogue One. That it it it's a Star Wars film, but it's also ever so slightly different. So you don't you never going into it. I never quite knew what to expect. I mean, you know, I feel, it, yeah. it is a war film at the same time, and that mm. Star was but it feels more <laughs> you know it feels more you know like there's somehow it feels like there's more stakes there's more to lose um, yeah yeah and i mean and i think you know where it's going mm. as well you know yeah. what's coming at the end which usually you think oh that's a bit of a like if i know what's going to happen at the end why would you bother but mm. at the same time because you know what happens at the end you want to see how mm. how the story gets to that point in the first place yeah, and I mean that yeah. entire Scarif battle is mm-hmm. fantastic. I mean, um, kind of showed what Star Wars could do in the hands of 
like an in, not independent creative, but somebody with a little bit more flair than, mm. than Disney usually would allow. Um, so now I could put, I'd, you don't get New Hope without Rogue One. You're, you're not wrong there, <laughs> mate. You're really not wrong. <laughs> oh dear. I, it, it would have been, if I hadn't gone with Rogue One yeah. and I had to choose a Star Wars film, it would have been a No Hope. So well, You can always put both of them in the list. It's well, not... it's, that's down to you. Or is it not? I can't remember. No, what it's the true. Rules are. <laughs> it's it's now. Now. Those are us now. We'll be, we'll be arguing <laughs> that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, it's it, it definitely caught me off guard when I first watched it, that's for sure. Mm. It's, it's actually quite a sad film. It, I mean, see, this is my only problem with them doing a uh, Cassian Andor TV series. <laughs> is even though it's it's not set, he's not they're not resurrecting him or anything. But like, it kind of undercuts that entire death because it just like those two hugging is is just a bit like ah, I quite like them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so. I'm fed up of seeing whoever from Rizzle Kicks. I'd actually quite like to just see them. <laughs> I keep forgetting that he's in it. Hug a bit more. He's one of the. It's a lovely little Easter. Yeah, movie, he's one it? of the like the soldiers, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, strong. yeah, strong, strong, <laughs> strong casting, yeah. strong casting. Well, I'm uh, this week. I'm pretty pleased. I'm not going to be putting this together because I don't know how you can yeah. fit those two into the top ten list. So we'll leave that up to you guys. So, um, James, moving on to the fifth element. Um, very rogue, a, a proper rogue one. Um, oh, you! <laughs> thank you. Oh, Jesus! He's here all week, everybody. That's pretty good. <laughs> Did you catch that? We'll have um, to carve out five minutes for that joke, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Just let it simmer. I'm slowly morphing into Thomas Muller making jokes. Um, so yeah, uh, why do you love, why do you love the Fifth Element so much? It's I am crazy. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I there's some there's just some there's a charm to it it's just mm. it's crazy it, you think it's one thing and then there's well actually i say you think it's one thing it starts off with giant walking easter eggs to be fair with alien heads simon's laughing because i don't know if he's seen the film but i have i have <laughs> oh, you have seen it yeah yeah so you, I... s- you start off with those and then you think okay fine and then there's some there's a bit of space battle and then they get killed and then it just goes into like a normal dystopian kind of future with giant <laughs> just, skyscrapers just a normal dystopian future <laughs> it's all good well like, maybe good. not even dystopian just uh like i don't know it's just futuristic isn't it it's just it's just, it's just the future and you've got mm. bruce willis mm. and he's trying to quit smoking and they've got like all gimmicky little weird cigarettes with massive filters <laughs> and tiny bits of tobacco um and he lives with his cat and he flies a taxi and you I don't know it's just it's there's all those little bits to it and then and then there's aliens in it and then they, they come <laughs> back and they come back and there's a planet that's the the the, the villain is a planet mm. called yeah. Doctor Mr. Evil or whatever it's called I can't remember now <laughs> but isn't he just not, called Zorg no not him um although Gary Oldman's performance is excellent it's on yeah. him. You won't see a better Gary Oldman performance. I, mean, I, I stand by that. Dracula? <laughs> that, uh, well, I say I haven't seen it, so... Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it's a better film by a fucking long shot, um, but it's a it's an interesting performance, that's for sure. Um, okay, I've, I think I've got, an, got an amazing Gary Oldman quote for you. So, okay. <clears throat> the reason why he took on the film um, was because... Uh, Luke Besson, 
basically helped finance his own film, um, Nil by Mouth, and this was his way of saying thank you. Um, but in 2014, he was asked whether he liked the film, and I quote, Oh no, I can't bear it. Uh, is oh. that it? Is that it? That's it. I can't bear that it. That is the quote. Wow. Oh no, I can't bear it. Oh, um, bless him. So you and, you and Gary Oldman have different differing opinions on films james well that's fine i can i can see <laughs> that point <laughs> I, I do like the world the world it, it built um mm. i think there's you know it's a lot of fun where it, you it know, is and it asks a lot of questions as well. yeah i mean you know for your normal dystopian sci-fi <laughs> adventures a la blade runner which we'll get to they're usually quite depressing and moody and yeah and there's a little bit of like it's, it's kind of a grimy future ish mm. i suppose um but it's but it's also just fun and camp isn't it just <laughs> i mean uh i was about to say chris rock and it's not chris rock is it chris tucker chris tucker there we go i was right chris tucker <laughs> got the chris ruby yeah. rod there we go i like honestly that a that costume b mm. the wig <laughs> and just the his entire performance it's it's you exactly. know so eccentric and over the top it's it's a joy to watch it is the fifth element when you think about sci-fi it, it kind of it kind of defines the genre just because it's mad and it to me like fun sci-fi is the best kind of sci-fi sci-fi that doesn't take itself too seriously um and i don't think anyone can say that the fifth element takes itself too seriously at all no, not at all. Um, I also love that they created their own language for it, which I'm what? surprised that didn't come up in your trivia. I genuinely <laughs> didn't know that. <laughs> the, lang- the language that Lily speaks is entirely fictional. That's actually quite um, impressive. So they, is they, it, though? Yeah, I reckon well, it's now you're calling me into question on recording. <laughs> I'm going to look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I reckon so. we can make up our own language. I mean, okay, you can make up your own language, but then to give it cultural context and then give it to your actors to learn and perform. I don't know, it's quite impressive, but I don't know, you can dumb it down if you want, Simon. It's up to you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the thing is, I really struggle to speak Elvish and I've just always had this, this, you know, chip on my shoulder about it. I haven't. I don't think it comes <laughs> easily to anyone, to be honest. No. <laughs> uh, it's Klingon for me. I can't, can't get it. Can't get the, can't get the syntax. <laughs> syntax. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't know that. That's, a, that's an amazing thing. Language. Language. Multipass. That part's not. That part is just English. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the multipass scene. It's, it's just got, it's just so much to it. Like I said, it's it's all charm. Mm. Yeah, and I think the fun is a huge part of that, as much as the um, the normal dystopian future and the huge <laughs> cities and intergalactic shenanigans. Um, mm. But as a segue, if we're talking about dystopian futures, <laughs> Blade Runner. I mean, it's it's pretty much the benchmark for dystopian futures. I think alongside. And I'm gonna beat you to your point before you say it and argue me. Um, Twelve Monkeys, <laughs> um, which feels a little bit too relevant and on the nose for 2020. Um, but 
like well, I, I couldn't put contagion in <laughs> that's not sci-fi anymore is it it's just a drama that's yeah. true yeah sci-fax sci- sci- drama documentary <laughs> mockumentary <laughs> I mean, I think they yeah. dealt with it better in the fucking film than we have. Anyway, that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blade Runner. Oh, this is how you contain a... Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Um, you can do apocalypse movies for one of your next episodes. <laughs> and Contagion mm. will be on it. Um, yeah, Blade Runner for me, personally, is like the benchmark. Uh, just the sheer bloody scale of it. Um, you know, obviously you've got LA and how nightmarish and just bold that set design is um and i i love that they built the the whole city as like a miniature and then shot it um and obviously all the cars and stuff i love that sort of thing i'm a sucker for practical effects um and (laughs) you know but i think even like the scale of the script like you get a sense of how big this universe is without needing to see it um you know when he's like i saw attack ships on fire off the uh, I want to say the belt of Orion or something like that. Um, I just think stuff like that. And and then obviously you've got this compelling sort of chase narrative uh, alongside the ambiguity behind um, Deckard. Like, I just love it. Like, I could talk for fucking hours about Blade Runner. <laughs> and this, the, well, we've got... not even touched the sequel yet. Christ. I was going to say, you've got another Blade Runner yeah. <clears throat> film on your list. Mm, I do. I, um I didn't put either in, but not because I didn't want to. Well, I guess kind of in a way because I didn't want to. But <laughs> they could easily they could easily have crept in in place of another one. Mm. I think when I was thinking of Blade Runner, I couldn't put it into words why it should be in my top ten. That's fair. But what you've said definitely sums up <laughs> a lot of what I'm thinking when I watch it. <laughs> I just um, I just I love the the scale of it. Can you know it was what. Uh, I can't think of what year it was made at all. Um, I want. Eight, 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 I thought eight, something <laughs> like that. I was going to say seventy. Let's see who gets closest. I, Eighty-four. I was going to say seventy-nine, and I know that's probably fucking Ooh. wrong. <laughs> mm. um, well, I bet you're I closest seven, though. I bought seventy-four, but it's actually uh, eighty-two. Eighty-two. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. You were closest, mate. Um, but like to say that, that that's the the stuff they pulled off and it was it was 82 is pretty impressive mm. you know creating a whole dystopian version of la um and you know sure it does look a bit dated but i think a lot of sort of seminal sci-fi films from that era do just because we're used to you know better effects nowadays um but i I just love the the I, can't, I want to say they're called spinners. They're their cars. They're amazing. They're so cool. Like if I could have one, I would. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I think I do. I do really enjoy it. It just doesn't. It doesn't get in there. I'm afraid. Whereas 2049 is probably closer. See, I I do love 2049. When I did my list, I've got 2049 above Blade Runner. Which I think okay. says a lot about 2049, um, because it's not the only Denny Villeneuve film that I've got in the list. Because that guy does sci-fi very fucking well. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you know to follow up a film like Blade Runner with a story that's arguably a lot more emotionally compelling and interesting, and still expands the world but without cheapening it, like in any way. 
and then you've got that score on top of it and the cinematography from Roger D. Like, again, I would talk for hours just about Blade Runner 2049. Um, but, like, you know, I occasionally... I don't know why I'm saying this. Like, if I want to relax, I will put on the 2049 score as background music and just, pre- and just, <laughs> and just pretend I'm Ryan Gosling. It's fine. Yeah, that's what I do. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> a completely unrelated and a complete tangent, so it won't make the edit, but I... Oh, trust me, it will. It will. I put on the... No, you won't, because it's not sci-fi related, but I put on the Road to Perdition soundtrack. Strong. Mm. No, that's good. No, that's... Underrated. Underrated. Love that movie. Um, and I'm surprised that didn't make it into your gangster list last week disappointed i mean i would or uh, yeah true but it, uh pedantic side of me was gonna save it for, it's not a gangster movie was gonna no it is a gangster it's, movie I it's, was like, a, it's like a road trip movie it is but i was gonna save it for the comic book episode and be a twat and be like well road to perdition is comic book so <laughs> adding some class in there to that one <laughs> justice league won't road make trips. that fucking episode i'm stating it right now <laughs> God. I love that we're putting out spoilers for an episode we haven't even recorded yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah. It's, so if you had to choose, um, like, gun to your head, which one would you keep in? If you could only want, if you if, if you could only watch one of them, I think that's the better question. Yeah, for us alone. I think that's the better. Twenty forty nine or Blade Runner. Twenty forty nine. Twenty forty nine. Wow. Which, is, which says a lot. Uh, Denny. You know what I mean? I mean, I think uh, the first one is a lot more... Uh, well, this one's as dense as well. It's nearly three hours long. Um, but I, I don't know. There's just something about it. It's, it's got a weirdly charming nature to it. And I think that comes down to the scale of the cinematography and the sets. I think. I think that's why I keep going back to it. Because every time I watch it, I'm just floored by like what's on the screen and because it's not like it is narratively heavy but it's not exposition like punching you in the face every two minutes you can really just take it all in um and like if i want to just sit and watch a good sci-fi and lose myself in a world no better way than doing that than just losing it in the huge vibrant colors that constantly you know wash over the screen so Mm. and james how about yourself if you're looking for a dystopian sci-fi film and it's between either of the Blade Runners and 12 Monkeys I know 12 Monkeys is in your top 10 so you would assume it would be 12 Monkeys but why why would it be 12 Monkeys oh um... <laughs> this is like asking you to choose who your favourite <laughs> kid is <laughs> I, I, I'm annoyed that I can only choose 10 because if I could choose 50, oh, no. like even if I could choose 11 or 12 it's so this annoying, wouldn't be a question. It's this so wouldn't be a question. <laughs> they both make it in. It's such a good um, format for a podcast. This is why we love it. <laughs> they're they're incredibly they're incredibly different. They're incredibly different films. They are both dystopian, but um, Bruce Willis is. I don't know. I I I've watched a lot of Bruce Willis films, but I'd never seen him in something quite like that. Um, in terms of like his performance, he's he's you know he's a he's a fish out of water to to begin with, but he's also travelled through time to get there. And then there's I, I mean I've nerd alert, but I've only recently discovered um, they they talk about the Cassandra principle or the Cassandra complex a little bit in the film, where there's a 
it comes from like Greek mythology where a character or a person has the ability of foresight but is cursed by the fact that nobody believes them mm. so they're stuck in this cycle of knowing what's coming trying to convince people that something is about to happen and that they should act on it and they don't and there's like this there's an underlying level of frustration when you watch 12 monkeys because you know you see it from the beginning mm. like you know where it's going and you're watching all these characters interact with this guy who's come from the future trying to convince people that's where he's from and that they should listen to him and then eventually something happens um and i think I enjoy watching that story again and again more than I do some of the bleak the bleakness of a Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Like Blade Runner is is fantastic. Like you said the cinematography is outstanding, but the I don't know there's there's more of a there's I feel like a more human connection to 12 Monkeys and it's definitely more relevant nowadays <laughs> than perhaps it was yeah. when it was released. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, Welcome to the future. There's a virus that's killed five billion people. Everyone lives underground. Like, ugh. But then that's why I wouldn't go for it because it's almost too relevant. (laughs) I know. Yeah, in a way, you could say it's even bleaker than Blade Runner. But um, I don't know. But also, Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt's great. He's unbelievable. Drugs. He's great. Unbelievable. He's great. Um, Again, another like very kind of eccentric, over the top performance that's just like yep. it's fun to watch but you also like there's layers to it because you know that he's not quite you know what i mean without without spoilers yep. um there's sort of another layer to his character that's really interesting later on and that's yeah fun to see sort of <laughs> in a way <laughs> <For> sure <laughs> no yeah, yeah. He, he i didn't know he was in it when i first watched mm. it and he just came out of the out of nowhere straight out of left field um yeah, and I think I've, I haven't really looked back back since. Nice. Have you seen the TV series? I haven't. Neither have I. I just wondered if it held up <laughs> next to it or not. It up. <laughs> I know it got renewed a few times, but I, I don't know if that was any... That just meant people watched it. It didn't mean it was any good. I've not seen it, no. Um, I w- I, nor I w- have I seen the film that it's based on. It's, like a short, it's based on a short film. Um, called Legette or Legette or, yeah. or I'm not sure the pronunciation um, which I'd be interested to see how they got from that to 12 Monkeys mm. but I don't know what the source material I think, is but I think that's interesting. very much Terry Gilliam isn't it really um, it's very Terry Gilliam mm. in terms of if we're talking about dystopian movies I, I almost put Brazil in but that that would have been very very, very rogue mm. <laughs> it's good <laughs> But uh, I think it's very uh, I think that's kind of like it's a bit more of a deep cut. I mean, that's more of a deep cut in, yeah. in terms of sci-fi rather than like top ten. So um, let's let's chat about an, another film which appears on both of your lists. Um, our friend Denny does turn off again with Arrival. Good God! Um, what a film! What a picture! What, what a picture! <laughs> <laughs> um, One of Pacino's best ever lines. <laughs> what a picture. Disclaimer, I bailed my fucking eyes out at Arrival. How early on? Uh, within, Throughout. The, within the first 10 minutes and then sort of the last sort of 10 minutes. Um, I was, I, and again, one of my friends, uh, Emily Murray, who will probably 
be on this in a few episodes time um was horrified to learn that i watched arrival for the first time on a train um i was traveling from uh scunthorpe southampton my hometown back here and it's just a long journey and i always watch films on the train and arrival has already always been on my list put it on i was very tired and just the fucking i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it (laughs) a the the music that's playing over the top when you see amy adams's life with her daughter and then you know you have this really heartfelt connection between these two characters and it's so tender and sweet and beautiful and then like this isn't really a spoiler because it is in the first 10 minutes she fucking dies the daughter dies in like literally like nine minutes in or whatever and the way that it's shot and the music that's playing over the top i just nope gone tears (laughs) gone it just got (laughs) to me and i was just like that beautifully done and heartbreaking at the same time um, the think... guy's asking to see your ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, can we also just take a moment to appreciate that you literally did the Tinchy no the Tiny Temper lyric? So you've been Southampton, but you've never been to Scunthorpe. What, like, what on earth is going on there? I didn't realise that was a, a route that happened. Uh, yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, my hometown is Scunthorpe, and I moved to Southampton for university, and sort of just stayed here really. Um, oh, there you go. So there's the backstory. Um, and in, in first year of uni, it was every time that fucking song came on, all my flatmates would be like, oh, yeah, so that, "Hey, yeah, I get it, I understand." It's, it was funny the first time. Christ. Anyway, moving on. Carry on. Sorry, this is not the tiny temple about... podcast. <laughs> Go back to talking hmm. dead, about the dead child. Uh, yeah. yeah, lovely. Um, I you think... haven't even. There's not even any sci-fi in that. No. Ten minutes. No. Well, I mean. The context is there later on. The, oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like that but, first yeah, image, that. you you're you've watched a short a short drama. Mm, absolutely. Um, and you're already connected to the main character without really knowing why. Yeah, and I think the poignance of that scene just after about th- three quarters of the way through. No, maybe not even that. It's more like the finale. I didn't I didn't guess it, and it just mm. that poignance keeps i don't know it just keeps coming back to me it's like it's so well made in how it tricks the audience um and it it tells a very almost a very human story in a not quite fantastical but definitely sci-fi setting um as all these ships have landed across the world and i just think that's when sci-fi for me personally operates best is when it's telling something that's that we can all relate to wrapped up in aliens or wild technology or whatever obviously in this case it's trying to communicate with aliens for the first time um and it's just fucking brilliant really (laughs) james agree 100 percent, 100 percent agree i mean it's in my list for for that reason um i love it, yeah, right. It, it tells a story, and it tells you the story. If if you've seen it before, and then you're like, "Oh, I watched it again," mm. it tells you that story in the first in the first ten minutes, which mm. is why that connection in the first ten minutes is so important. Um, but there's also not a shred of exposition in the whole film, really. Yeah, it, everything unfolds and just happens. It just you see, okay, you see her story and a relationship with her daughter, and the daughter dies. You're like, okay, that's really sad. 
then aliens come down, then she gets recruited. I'm just going to tell the whole story. <laughs> For people that haven't seen it, here's what happens. <laughs> play by play. Um, and then she's just thrust into this, like, sure, she's you know, like a linguist and it's a familiar, it's familiar territory, but she's thrust into this completely, alien, you know, for lack of a better word, alien, alien world where she has to just find her feet and find them very quickly mm. to, in order to, well, in the view of her... Um, superiors save you know save humanity save the world um so yeah the way that i, I just like watching the way that she handles that but also <laughs> for anyone that hasn't seen it the first interaction with the aliens is just wicked <laughs> it's insane <laughs> through that through that screen they just come out of nowhere it's, and you're like whoa it's, cre- here we go. it's creepy <laughs> and like very intimidating and you feel almost small watching it because it's like okay i you kind of can't even comprehend what they are um i I feel like it conveys how you genuinely would feel yeah i mean i I was about to ask simon if you'd even seen it i'm not gonna lie to you Um, (laughs) but you know i'm just staying quiet because i know you guys (laughs) (laughs) but i think the the creature design you know they almost look like trees um, is mm. what is what I kind of associated with because you see these huge long stalks and then weird knuckly things in the mist, um, and it, you know, and then when they start lifting up all these limbs and stuff, you're like, I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. A <laughs> um, <laughs> tree can move. A tree can move. It's Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> it's a lovely little end. Yeah, and I, I just I all pretty much eighty ninety percent of the scenes in the ship are stunning. I think the the when it goes wrong when it uh, there's an explosion they put bombs in it because yeah America um, I think that's <laughs> the only scene that doesn't quite work as well um, mm. which is kind of weird for a sci-fi film because you I don't know about you but I kind of always as- associate sci-fi with action I don't know why it just kind of goes hand I think in if hand. you look at if you if you look at the films on our list that would ring true. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um and it's kind of weird that that's the one film that I think almost doesn't work with action. It's it's all about the the drama and this sort of the stakes and the the drama. That's kind of it really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> well, move it on to a film which features quite a lot of action. Uh it's another film that features both on your lists. Um, he's back, Arnie T two. Um, now, Eamon, last week when we were talking about the Godfather, yes to the Godfather, no to Godfather two, which some people think is better than the original. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, we, you, you just can't can't have the uh, the Godfather two without the Godfather. Liam Gallagher was that my? Was, 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 was that meant to be me? Was that meant to be me? Wow, fuck. <laughs> I, I just can't have it. I'm not from Manchester. Um, I don't sound like I'm from <laughs> Manchester. Christ. You all sound the same to me. Um, but as a yeah, <laughs> as a carry dirty on. southerner. Um, yeah, you said that you can't have uh, the Godfather Part Two without the Godfather. That's true. This week, I did think this. You, <laughs> you admitted <laughs> yep. Terminator yep. for Terminator Two, yep. which, as we all know, is the better film, yep. and that is why it's both on your list. But why is it? Because it's fucking brilliant, Simon. And <laughs> I, I won't be questioned further on my hypocrisy. <laughs> I know I'm a fucking hypocrite, all right? When I put it well, in, I was like, eh, shit. <laughs> you did put Blade Runner and 2049 in. I did? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 
So, but I didn't want to put throw him a bone. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. Or a robotic limb. Um, <laughs> I I Jay- don't get me wrong. I love Terminator. Like that's one of the first 15s I ever watched um, when I was. <laughs> Funnily enough, allowed to. Usually, the trend goes. I watched them too early. Um, yeah. Like when I, I was twenty-one, and <laughs> when um, no, when I when I turned into a fifteen, 15. Um, my dad basically just just wrapped up a stack of DVDs and was like, "Here's your education. That'll do." It wasn't porn, was it? Uh, no, God, no, Simon. God damn it, no. It was all really good films, and the Matrix trilogy box set was one of those. Anyway. Moving it's on. Like cobwebbed. Stop. Like Stop. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Get your mind out of the gutter. Uh, no, Terminator, <laughs> Terminator Two, and I watched them back to back. And while Terminator's like it's thrilling and it's horrific, Terminator Two is just like it, it takes it to another level. It's it? insane. It's actual insanity. The truck going off the bridge, like obviously, I, I, just the scale of it in whatever nineteen. 19- 80-something. <laughs> not as again. Yep. <laughs> I'm not guessing this one. No, I can't be We asked. need researchers on this, don't we? <laughs> yeah, fact I reckon nine. I reckon it was probably later than that. I mean, part of me wants to say, like, 80. Wait, which one? Are we, are we guessing one or two? Two. Two. Uh, oh, I reckon... I'm going 90... I want to say 91. I actually want to say 91. Oh, all right. I'll go 93 just to be annoying. Oh, okay. All right, okay. all right, all right. Uh, um, it was the the year of my birth, um, nineteen seventy. No, it was nineteen ninety one. So yeah, nineteen ninety one. Nice. I mean, I originally thought it was nineteen eighty nine, and then was like, well, anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> you know, I think just the the scale of it like explodes in the best way possible, um, and like set the bar a for action sequels and b what sci fi can do. I I love the scene where he rips his own like skin off to show um, the oh, fuck what's his name? I'm shit at names and dates apparently. John. John. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor. <laughs> no, not no, not John Connor. No. Um, oh. <laughs> the cyberneticist at Cyberdyne. Oh yeah. Uh, and when he's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that bloke. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. That what was an fantastic. amazing impression. Uh, yeah, no, when he's that's in my, his house. That's, and that's my brother's favourite movie impression to do of all time. I mean, I can see why. He'll, sometimes he'll just be in the corner going, <laughs> and I can't stop laughing. Everyone's looking at him like he's a weirdo, but, <laughs> but you get it every fine. time, without fail, without fail, every time. <laughs> but it's like, um, you know, I'm a sucker for body horror as well. It's like, you know, he rips it off and you see the just like the bloody robotic hand I'm like yeah. this is my shit <laughs> <laughs> it's great um, but like what about you what was your favourite moment in it oh um, I think probably that scene where he's left in the office block mm. and they just have to leave him and he's hold, just holding that detonator for, for as long as humanly possible <laughs> just to give him a chance to get out um, I mean it's definitely the moment that's stayed with me and probably my entire family the longest. <laughs> <laughs> and spawned um, a beautiful impression. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The influence that it's had on your family. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the reason, in case this is Simon's next question, the reason it makes my list over 
the Terminator. I have a feeling I watched Terminator 2 before I watched the Terminator. Ooh, okay. And if that's not true, then the Terminator 2 was just more memorable. <laughs> <laughs> for for one reason or another, mm. um, but that's def- that's not a diss on on the Terminator at all. It's just that was probably where my head was at when I was watching it. Mm. Um, and I have my, my I think my dad's largely to thank for that. He he loves he loves sci-fi the same as I do. He's willing to give anything a go. Um, but the Terminator movies are always something that he will come back to. Yeah, um, same actually. And he just loves them. And I think I've probably just inherited that from watching them watching them with him um and yeah i think a lot of people will rave about terminator 2 and the way it took the first film and just completely flipped it and it was a huge like back in the day when there was no like internet spoiler Mm. community um like it took everybody by surprise just out of the blue and the fact that for me i didn't even potentially might not even had that knowledge and i still enjoy terminator 2 more than terminator says a lot of it as a standalone film. Mm. I think the villain is excellent. I love Arnie, as you know, he's in Total Recall, so that makes my <laughs> list as well. I could easily have put The Running Man in to make it a trilogy. Ooh, strong. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, any any science fiction film that Arnie's in would could Predator. easily have made my list. I debated doing Predator. Predator, but yeah, um, Predator should be in there. Yeah, Sixth well, Day. Sixth it's day. not actually that good, but yes. it would probably get in the list. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit hey, it's all right. It's okay. Um, exactly. But yeah, no, he, definitely. He, I think that's quite wholesome though, because it's like my dad gave me mm. Terminator, Terminator Two, and you said that you quite yeah. like, you know. I think that's quite nice. Yes, yeah, the, the same thing. That's quite. I sweet. did notice that link. That's nice. Yeah, so that, I mean that's Arnie. Um, let's let's stick with the Arnie theme. Um, Total Recall. <laughs> the guy, oh, it's such a bad. Oh, it's not even really a pun. But the guy's a machine. Like he literally. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I love he, it. Ha- he had I like. I love that. He had like a decade, <laughs> maybe even longer oh. than a decade, where it was just like mm. sci-fi, 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 and then out of nowhere, kindergarten cop. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's mental that that guy's absolutely mad so why is why is total recall in there in there james um the short answer there isn't a single scene in the film i don't like wow strong really i mean i enjoy some more than others but when you look at when someone says oh do you want to watch this i don't know about you guys but i my mind immediately flicks through all the scenes i like and all the scenes i don't like and if the scenes i don't like <laughs> outweigh the ones i do like then i'll be like no i don't want to watch it <laughs> even though even though as a whole it's probably very good my excuse <laughs> is always oh, i watched it recently i'm not gonna not gonna put it on don't want to watch it <laughs> no, yes too too recent too recent yeah um, i think i could probably watch total recall every day wow okay actually i'm not saying that i'm not gonna That's say that. i sound like a weirdo <laughs> Yeah, I think because it's Paul Verhoeven, isn't it? Um, totally it is. Cool. Um, and I think that makes a very good back-to-back with RoboCop. Yep. I think there's a lot and of... And Starship Troopers. And, oh, God. Fuck! Starship Troopers! <laughs> oh, AKA, uh, every episode haven't is seen. now just aiming <laughs> face palms at the films that he's forgotten off his fucking list. <laughs> oh, I fucking love Starship Troopers, man. I'll Rogue do entry. my part. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, sorry, going back to the film at Bloody Hand, I think mm. Total Recall is a is an excellent example of Verhoeven's like, style. Um, yep. And 
like there's subtext to it without being like over the top in a way of like Starship Troopers. Um, like there's a bit of the whole you know parodying the espionage genre if you want to go that way. Yeah. But it's like and at the practical effects as well. That's kind of one of his signature things, I suppose. If you want to look at it like that, and I, you know, I don't think you can get better in terms of freaky as fuck body horror in a sci-fi setting than Total Recall because holy shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't quite know what to expect when you first see Coato. Uh-huh. Well, I, I don't know if I can say it. The, the people might not have seen Total Recall, but when you first meet Coato, it's pretty um, memorable. It's an experience. Because that, it, that, the image does not leave you quickly. Mm. Um, but up until that point, you've got... It's kind of comedy sci-fi. You've got the head exploding, and he's like, "You are not you. You are me." And he's like, "No shit." It's just Arnie. It's Arnie <laughs> acting with himself. Yeah. Um, but in a very, very authentic and kind of campy way. I think by the nineties, the world decided that whatever happened, it needed more Arnie. Mm. And I think that was where they decided. Oh well, he signed on for a film. <laughs> the film's not been written yet, but let's just let's cram as much Arnie in there as possible um i've got an amazing piece of trivia for you about arnie on this film you may know it um so did you know that on the set everyone on the set of total recall got food poisoning except for two people ronald shusett was one and would you like to guess who the other one was it was arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) yeah (laughs) now the, the reason why he didn't is genius Three years earlier, Arnie himself was taken ill from drinking tap water in Mexico um, on a set. And as a result, he insisted that his food was catered from the US, which to me is the most Arnie thing ever. I love the idea of him being like, uh, I want a Ribena, so I can't use the water anymore. And I love the idea of him just being like, no, we have to get let them eat the stuff from Mexico and... <laughs> I just like it. I don't do a very good Arnie impression. Really but I do like the idea of him doing, <laughs> like, getting very annoyed and actually all he wanted was a Ribena and he ended up shitting himself for days or one day. So he got food poisoning. Nice. Um, and also the other one, um, which isn't Arnie related, but it is Verho- Verhaven, I want to say. Verhaven? Verhaven? I, I'd say Verhaven. I don't know. I said, yeah. Yeah. I don't Verhoeven. know. I don't know. Yeah. Just merge it together. Verhaven. Verhaeven. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the reason why Sharon Stone was cast in her most iconic role, which is obviously Basic Instinct, um, is because debatable. The <laughs> I would say, really? No, I would say one hundred percent most iconic role. Have you seen Total Recall? She's in that film. You're literally talking about yeah. it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Aside from her other most successful film, the reason why she was cast in it is because um, the director, the Heaven. Um, was really impressed by the way she could go from being really nice and really sweet to absolutely diabolical. Um, and he recently said, I don't know how recent it was, but he later said, because he thinks that's what Sharon Stone's like in real life, oh. which is like the best backhanded compliment yeah, ever. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's like, you're an awful person. Please join me in my next <laughs> film, <laughs> which you will play an awful person. You're an awful person uh. with two sides of a personality. I want to pay you to do that. <laughs> but it's oh. a lovely bit of trivia. Um, their, um, their relationship in the film does create a lot of good one-liners from Arnie. Mm. And I think the one-liners from Arnie 
are one of the best, well, not, I don't know, they're, they're one of the most important reasons for why I love Total Recall, because what? it's a very quotable movie. Don't ask me to quote them, because I'll butch them. <laughs> <laughs> I can only watch them in context when I'm giving the cues. Um, but yeah, it's very quotable. You can watch it, you can enjoy it as you watch along. Yeah, it has some kind of serious undertones to it. Um, but all in all, it's just a great, it's just a great film to watch and have fun with. Mm. Colin Farrell one, yeah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen it once. Yeah, same. Um, so and you threw up after watching it. <laughs> it's just a bit nah. Um, it's just a bit nah. <laughs> it's like, oh my, you ruined it. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna rattle through a couple more that I know Amy wants to chat about mm-hmm. um, very quickly. So let's go with Predestination, the movie you spoke about last. Yes. Week. Now, personally, this is. Uh, I know you had Back to the Future on your list, James, but I think this is one of the best time travel movies ever made. Um, partly because it reinvents so much on the fly um, and deals with some incredibly complex and, at first, almost controversial issues, um, mainly through, like... I don't know. I kind of almost don't want to spoil anything because it is it's shocking in the best way. Um, it's about a person who is a time traveling operative who gets wrapped wrapped into uh, a form of paradox and meets a variety of other characters who do a lot of shit. And honestly, that is the only way I could talk about it without like spoiling anything because it nearly every half an hour it changes the game completely and takes this character, this one character, in a completely new direction that is fascinating to see. Um, and for me personally, it's, it's Sarah Snook's performance is just like stunning. So it's her and Ethan Hawke are the are the two mains and what they both do with their characters is is incredible um and i think it's if i had to hazard a guess i I would say it's the reason that sarah snook got succession um which is an incredible tv show um but like just the the content that she deals with throughout predestination is fascinating i mean there's a lot of um it deals with like the loss of self and like uh, if you lose something vital to your identity, are you still you? Like, do you have to then shift into something else? It, it's just fascinating, and I think to say that it's, um, I want to say it was like 2014, it's an Australian film, it's criminally underrated and criminally underseen, I think, personally. Like, I'd never heard of it until it was out on DVD, and one of my friends was like, oh, by the way, you should watch this, it's great. And I was like, the fuck was that and like it spent the next few days just like unpacking it all and i was just like wow holy shit um now that's not to diminish things like back to the future whatsoever back to the future is incredible and such a fun adventure whereas predestination offers like just so much to unpack and explore in maybe not quite a heartfelt way as arrival does but equally powerful i think Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> the, let's let's chat about Back to the Future. Um, James, I'm with you. Like, I think it's, I think it's probably the most iconic sci-fi film of all time. Um, 
Why do you love it so much? And do you have have you seen Predestination? I have seen Predestination. Um, Has it? Would you say it's inspired it at all? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think. So I guess with time travel, time travel movies, it's kind of inspired. So like, mm. it's like the original. It's just sort of inspired the, the subgenre as <laughs> yeah. a whole. Sci-fi. Yeah. 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 Uh, I have seen Predestination. I haven't seen it enough for its intricacies to sink in. Um, but when I watched it, I did really, really enjoy it. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with everything everything that you've just said for that film. Um, and when I heard it on the podcast last week, um, I was glad. I was glad to hear that it made an appearance in a, in a gangster movie yeah, podcast I know, it episode. Kind of got weaved in very, <laughs> very weirdly, didn't it? Um. Uh, but deservedly so, it should be weaved into every every episode. Mm. That, that's your that's your Easter egg challenge from now on. <laughs> well, um, if we're doing that, we're doing Back to the Future because it's one of the greatest films. That's ever. true. So Back to the Future um, again comes very much from um, from my dad's influence. Um, no. It's I, there's a home video of of him receiving a a, a Christmas present. Uh, I have no idea what year. Uh, early. Oh, it might even be late 80s before I was born. Um, of we him can't actually it. Google this one. No, you can't. Of, of him. Well, it, came out in, it came out in 85 and he got the VHS for Christmas. So it was between 85 and, I don't know, 90, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how quick they turned around VHS in those days. Yeah. Um, but it's him and someone says to him, like, what is it? And he goes, oh, it's, it's Back to the Future on, on video. Um and ever since then, it's always been a massive part of of, of his life, um, and I've just inherited it. I love it. Mm. One, two, and three. Mm. I I think Back to the Future is the perfect family film. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, there is this small <laughs> small matter. What about Kindergarten Cop? <laughs> Yeah, there's a small matter of you know Marty's mom trying to shag him, which you know could cause some awkward conversations at the dinner table. But I know, obviously that part of it is something. Yes, no, I know what you mean. But okay, maybe say it's like the the perfect film to hand down. I would say yeah. to generations, mm. like and and from yeah. a young age ish, I'd say like you know, like around ten years old, I think you know you. you most most mm. kids, depending on the sensibilities, would be fine with Back to the Future, even earlier. Um, I think I was like nine when I saw it, I think. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I won't be pressing you for the exact yeah, age. No. <laughs> I, do, I do think as well, Marty's like the coolest, he's got to be one of the coolest characters mm. ever. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Eamon, let's go on to Snowpiercer and then very quickly oh. District 9 and then we will get your combined I mean... Bong Joon-ho, incredible director, incredible director. I mean, obviously, Mm. there's a reason Parasite fucking won at the Oscars, because A, it's incredible, and B, he's just a phenomenally talented director. And Snowpiercer was the first film of his that I watched. And it was, I'll be honest, the reason I watched it is because it had Chris Evans in it. And uh, if you know me, I'm a huge comic book dork. And I was like, oh, it's Captain America, I'm going to watch that. And it's the farthest thing you could get from Captain America possible. Um, <laughs> you know, he has a heartbreaking like confession towards the end that is like when it when he comes out with it, 
you're just like, oh shit, you have a completely different perspective of this somewhat heroic character um, and the things that he's had to do to get to where he's he is now. Um, and I, I love the concept of, you know, the entire world is frozen. Everybody that survives is on one train. If you've ever done a journey through England on a fucking train, you just... It's your worst nightmare. <laughs> it's your worst nightmare in itself. <laughs> um, and, but the way that it, it tackles class and, you know, just, the, you know, the, the mobility of people from the working class up until the upper class and just... It's got again. I do like my films with a bit of subtext. I feel like that's mm. I keep saying this word. Um, I just love what it tackles the entire way through, and yet you know you, you keep every scene. You're like shit. This is on a train. <laughs> it's like there's a club scene. There's a club scene. They're all dancing around. I'm like this is on a train hurtling however many million miles an hour around the planet, and they're just like you know doing gear. You or don't whatever. get that. Just kicking back. Southampton to Scunthorpe. Uh, yeah, you really, <laughs> you, you really don't. don't. Uh, I mean, and even there's like the you know, huge aquarium, and I'm like, this is on a fucking train. This is incredible. It's just like the the ingenuity of it all is amazing, and then the fact that it comes from a French graphic novel, I want to say, um, is equally astounding. Um, and I just, I just love it. Throw in some brilliant action scenes and gory action scenes. And Tilda Bloody Swinton, ten mm. out of ten movie. I mean, Tilda Swinton's weird Northern Midlands accent is <laughs> brilliant. You, you are a hat, you know who... and this is a shoe. I love it. She's great. <laughs> She's hilarious. The TV series very not so similar much. to the accent I gave you. Yeah, pretty much. Same. Um, pretty much. <laughs> Do you know who she uh, based her character on? No. Right, so I'm going to list you off some incredible, incredible names okay. here. Margaret Thatcher, <laughs> Colonel Good. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Wow. Colonel Gaddafi. Oh my god. Silvio Berlusconi, and Adolf Hitler. Bloody hell. Gives us, gives us like a Where an idea into what a Yorkshire Hitler would look like and sound like. Oh yeah, sure, Yorkshire. <laughs> wow, that that shocks me. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's great, fuck. isn't it? But like, if we're talking about like films that tackle sci-fi films that tackle class, well, cheeky little segue, District Nine also does this. You know, that mm. film is essentially about the apartheid. Yeah. Uh, you know, very telling that it's made in, in South, South Africa. Africa, and it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was based on a short film called uh, Alive in Joburg, and again, the fact they took that from this little it feels like 15 minute concept film and made it into this huge blockbuster that was you know heartfelt and profound while being wildly entertaining and actually disgusting is incredible i mean i think that was my first mm. experience with like seeing body horror on the big screen literally in a cinema because when you see his hand like turning into one of the fucking prawns that's a terrible south african accent um <laughs> like i was like horrified when he's trying to chop off his own like tendril, <laughs> he's gone. God. Aim has gone. Oh, it's great. Um, and again, like the special effects, like that ship hanging over the city, just it's great. I mean, the the mm. metaphor is literally hanging over the place. You know, there's a entire class of people that aren't being looked after and are just, you know, pushed to the side and abused horribly and. 
it, it couldn't be more of a an allegory if it tried. And I love it for it. Um, so yeah, it did phenomenally well at the box office. It took, I think, it took like two hundred and ten million. Nice, <laughs> pretty small yeah. budget. Same reaction. Yeah, um, it is yeah, there's, it's absolutely mental. There's something to be said for the science fiction sub trope of giant alien ships hanging over cities. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, and my segue into an upcoming science fiction film is I can't wait to see what they do with June. Yes. Mm. Very interesting. Although it's a very difficult film to talk about to someone that's not familiar with what Dune is because they think you're just talking about the month. So you have to almost <laughs> add a Dune. D, a Dune. D to it. Dune. D- and they're like, Dune. what's Dune? Like June, what, the month? No, no, this like the month, but it was sort of a D, it's like sand dunes. It's a huge sand planet. What, like Star Wars? No, it inspired Star Wars, but it's like there's giant sandworms and yeah, yeah. the spice. What, like tremors? Like tremors? No, not tremors. <laughs> yeah, no, I very much looking forward to and June. The, yeah. June, I can't wait. Um, I can't Are wait. Are you working on it at all, James? I'm not. Oh. Gutted. Damn. I wish. Damn. Um, I thought you was segueing it in there. Just no, so could... <laughs> yeah, just name dropping, name dropping the biggest sci-fi blockbuster of the century. <laughs> just hope we don't have a 2049 situation where nobody goes to bloody see it. Their loss. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's, well, it's our would... boy Villeneuve. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say their loss is our gain, but I don't think I think we can just we can go and see it whenever we want. Yeah. Really, it's not like we we get extra seats because they don't go. <laughs> yeah, we still get to see. And it. to be honest, who knows when we'll see it? Because releases are getting pushed back. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, yeah, just before we came on air, Black Widow's been uh, yeah. it's getting delayed from later this year. Yeah, so. it's great. Yeah. It's great. It's... 2020. What a what a year! Twenty twenty. What a year! Well, <laughs> That's why it's well, so lovely to talk about the other dystopian futures. The um, only one which fi- isn't going the, on now. The two films I've seen in cinema since they've come back have both been science fiction. So, ah. ten, Tenet and New Mutants. So perhaps. <laughs> Same actually. So, so perhaps there's a there's a trend. Mm. I I did go. really enjoy Tenet, by the way. I, I yeah, I need to see Me it. Too. Yeah, it needs to. Me too. I did notice we haven't really spoken about Inception, which is obviously Christopher Nolan. We don't really have time. No, um, it, it's Eamon great. D- does he? It's, it's great. It's, it's rubbish. It's mental. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely rubbish. <laughs> um, Shouldn't be on the list. No, I'm joking. No. I love it. Uh, it <laughs> do, you, if, if, what, do you reckon he gets back home? That's my only question. Yes. Yes. I, I think would, he does. I would too. like to think so. I think it's it's cynical to say. He Not doesn't. that cynical. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I like my films and also a happy ending at least. <laughs> I'm aware that I've got Blade Runner on my list. Um, <laughs> but no. Sub subtext and a happy ending. Mm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm golden. <laughs> yes. I'm golden. But uh, no, I uh, I think Inception is better than Tenet. I don't think that's a hot take in particular. Uh, it's, Tenet's great, but. Um, Inception stayed with me uh, for a lot longer, so yeah, there you go. Mm. There's your little Inception. Fair idiot. enough. Now, in terms of the list, and it's, ten, and it's ten years old. Yeah, and it's ten years old. Yeah, exactly. It is ten years old. Which it makes ten years feels old. like it came out last year. Yeah, it makes me feel old. Fuck. Dare yeah. I say it, it? Might be one of Leo's best performances as well. Yeah, you, you dare, dare to say. You, I dare, dare to say. say I did dare say. to dream. <laughs> Don't be afraid to dream a little bigger. Oh. oh. Very Just good. Drop that in Very there. good. Little nugget. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, let's try and crack and out on this that, list. On that quote. Yeah. Let's try and crack. That out. would have been a great segue into Looper. Sorry. It would. Fuck. But 
Alas, the looper will have to wait. So, the looper. I've also just realised that, that Alien has been left off our lists. I know, I thought that yesterday. Um, Alien would have been another one mm. that inspired by my dad. I actually yeah, did same. a school presentation on Alien. Fantastic. <laughs> That's, That's the dedication. Can't remember what was in. It was the scene where, yeah. Anyway, the cat in the chains. Oh, anyway. Jonesy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So at number ten, I'm thinking predestination personally. Yeah. All right. Oh, that was easy. Why <laughs> me? Yeah. Someone's I'm, got I'm... food in the oven. <laughs> Well, I've got, I'm not I'm not so egotistic to think every single one on my list is going to be in the top ten. <laughs> We've right. got to make some sacrifices somewhere, and I think predestination is a great shout. Okay, all right, number nine. What are you thinking? Oh, um, I don't know. I want them all in there, even though I just said that. Um, be ruthless. Do you want me to nine. read that Eamon's list? Do you want me to I'd read love, that Eamon's I'd list? I'd love too? the fifth element to be in there. Okay, all right, yeah. Let's go with fifth element. I think it's you know. It, it definitely captured a, a time in the 90s with fun sci-fi. Let's go yeah. for it. Yeah. Number nine. Fifth element. Which right. It's in. Weirdly should have gone in at number five, but it's fine. <laughs> we can move it. No, no, no. You've, we you've, have the power. You've made decision. We have the editing power. <laughs> um, number eight. I almost want to say Terminator 2. Thoughts. No, because Terminator 2's got to come number two based on your logic. Brilliant. <laughs> slapped backwards. <laughs> no, fair. Number eight. Just chuck it in there. Just chuck it in. You're not fussed at all. Let's chuck it in. And then at the end we can go, they're in no particular order. <laughs> Disclaim. <laughs> all right. So. They're just ten of our favourites. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, number seven. Um, oh... Number, uh, the Matrix deserves higher. I think it. I. I think it does. I think no, I, I think I think the Matrix does deserve higher, just because I'm kicking myself for not including it on my list, quite frankly. Okay. Um, so I think. So number. S- number seven. I. Uh, Blade Runner. Which one? <laughs> the first one or the second one? I'll only I'll only allow one. Oh. <laughs> bold, bold. All right. Um, just for the sake of. Not being stereotypical because it will make every top ten sci-fi list ever made. Um, let's actually go with the second one. Great, agreed. Twenty forty nine. Yeah, because you know, most top ten lists are like, oh, Blade Runner, Alien, two thousand and one, and I Terminator two. <laughs> Terminator two. Uh, in at number six, Terminator two. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we on number six? We're on now number, or six, or number five? Yeah, you're on number yeah. six. Um, Star Wars, any of you? I, I think uh, it didn't make my list, but I think New Hope does deserve higher than six. Mm. Okay. Um, I. Oh, I'd, I'd quite like to see Looper in there, to be honest, but I don't know if it's. It should maybe be number nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you know what? I, I'd actually back Looper at number six, and I'm annoyed that we didn't Time. get around to speaking about it. It's okay. Time travel is a strong theme between our lists here. It, Back to the Future, Predestination, Luther. And Bruce Willis. Terminator and Terminator 2. <laughs> and yeah, and 12 Monkeys. They're all they're all time travel. Um, yeah, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. What a guy. Strong theme there. Um 
yeah, also I really love Joseph Gordon-Levitt and when it was announced that he was cast, I was like, huh? watched it and was like, Great. yes, mm. strong. Okay. Excellent. Number six, number Looper. Number six, Looper. Uh, okay, number five. We're starting to get into some risky territory here. Um, I'm going to say A New Hope. Okay. I think. I. Would you, do you think that deserves mm. higher? I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Uh, I, I think no. I, do. I think I think for legacy, yes. Okay. Legacy. For legacy. And I do what enjoy it. I do enjoy it. It's just not on my list. I'm just being bitter. <laughs> yeah, but there's still four more spots. So. I know. So in at number four. Okay. No, then. yeah. A new hope. So so new hope is number five. Num- yeah. So number four. Okay. Matrix. See, I actually. I think Matrix should be top three. I I agree. Oh, no, I, wow. I I agree. This is why I'm kicking myself. <laughs> Matrix can be top three. Um, Remind me, what else is on your list? I, I, Snow Pit. I was gonna mm. say Arrival. Oh, oh yeah. Because I feel like we need yeah. we need a bit more bit more Denny in there, and I think I like Arrival. And I think it's not it's not top three. It's a personal top. It's, it's a personal number one because it made me fucking cry. Um, but I think. I think okay. four's a good spot. Arrival, number four. Strong. Number four. All right. Into the top four with Arrival. Okay, so top three. Big guns. Big guns. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Back to the future. Seeing as your number one came at four... So your number one is in at three. Back to the Future shoot. Okay, at least three. I think I think <laughs> it's it's hard to deny that that's had an incredible impact on the genre. I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. I'll be nice. Great. Thanks. <laughs> I love that. Back to the Future at number yeah. three. Wow. So top two. We already know that one of them is going to be the Matrix. It's just where. Who gets the silver medal? Justice League. Fuck! Off. <laughs> I'm sorry, Simon's parents, for listening because I've sworn the entire way through. It's just part of my personality now. Um, mm. Absolutely bloody not. No chance. I quite enjoy Justice League. Oh, don't bait, don't bait me like this. Twelve. <laughs> oh no! Uh, as much as I love it, Twelve Monkeys. It. It's not a top mm. two. It's not. A top really, two. I really don't um, know. I. So what we got? We got you... we've got Total Recall, mm-hmm. The Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Rogue One, so that's fine. The Matrix, uh, Inception. They're my three. Snowpiercer. Inception. District, Snowpiercer. District Nine. Uh, oh, and would and you, would you like to hear my my thoughts? I think Back to the Future should be either one. I I don't. I, it's great, but I don't think it's like I don't think when I think of the best sci-fi film of all time, I don't I don't think of Back to the Future. I'm afraid. Fair I think enough. it's an incredible. Enough, it's, not it's not your list. This is not a democracy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Inception and The Matrix should ooh, be okay. in the top two. I, it, what about in which case I'd go Inception, Inception two, and then Matrix and Matrix one. one. Yeah. All right. Strong. Inception at number two, the Matrix at number one, which is kind of funny because they because they both deal with fabricated reality. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice little double bill. Let's let's hear Simon read them back and then let's see if we still concur. 
the, the draft of the top <laughs> 10 <laughs> best sci-fi films ever made. In at number 10, we have Predestination. Number 9, Fifth Element. Number 8, I personally think it's quite low, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. In at number 7, Blade Runner 2049. In at number 6, Looper. 5, A New Hope, which is sure to cause some controversy. Number 4, Another Denny classic, Arrival. Number three, Back to the Future. Number two, Inception. And number one, The Matrix. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that, you know? There's going to there's gonna be some angry people out there. <laughs> well, I mean, I love the fact that 2001 hasn't even made it on. Um, I, I do love it. Fun fact, I watched that for the first time on a train. Nice. I'm an so. advocate for train movies. I think they're great. Yeah. You know, great <laughs> way to kill two hours. Or five. <laughs> or five. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. So, are we... I'm quite happy with that. Are we happy, We're with, happy that with that list? Yeah. I'm quite happy with that. Fantastic. Stir some wow. debate. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Let us know yeah. <laughs> if you don't like our list. Um, and we'll meet you in the car park for a socially distanced fight. Um, please, please don't, don't at me. Don't at me. Don't, don't at me. No, you can at me. I don't mind. It's fine. Just don't get angry at me. Eamon spends a lot of his time replying to trolls in his I, I Basically, there was, <laughs> there was a time when Simon used to message me. Not quite a lot, but like it'd best be over a week or so, and I just wouldn't reply for days because I have my DMs muted. Because of my news shift, um, I occasionally get Twitter trolls messaging me. <laughs> Giving it, saying angry things. <laughs> um, so I just muted my DMs well, get ready for, for some more. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Guys, thank you so much for, I was going to say, joining me on this debate. Thank you so much for debating between <laughs> the two of you. The top 10 sci-fi films of all time. James, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming no on. No worries. Always. Anytime. Yeah, it's been, it's been Great. Great. Um, what other genre do you want to discuss? <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Apocalypse movies. Ooh, they're that not. They're not actually a personal fave, but I think it could be quite fun to rewatch yeah. some of them. End of days. Right. End of days. Mad Max. <laughs> Mad Max. Oh, how did Mad Max Fury Road didn't make it in our list? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> but it's Bombs too late. It's too late. We've done. <laughs> uh, right. So we're gonna have to re-record this entire episode. <laughs> yeah. Just right. Fury Road is great. And also, any, everyone should watch Strange Days when you can. Well, thanks for coming on, man. It's been Parting great. Parting wisdom. Yes, mm. thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for listening. Mum and Dad again. Apologies for language. Um, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to be talking about next week. It's going to be horror. Um, I have narrowed down a guess. It, I have narrowed down a guess. It's going to be horror. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, we've been, Horror was supposed to be the first ever episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. Eamon's done his homework. He's got a guest. It's all going to be good. Um, follow us on, on Twitter at Top10FilmPod. Follow us on Instagram at Top10FilmPod. Um, and send lots of abuse their way, I guess. And that is how we're going to end it. <laughs> um, <laughs> James, thanks again so much for coming on. Um, thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. <laughs>